0: Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every week is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that could lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, we will meet Jillian Crane. She's the president of the First Responders Children's Foundation, and she's got some exciting news about programs that are available throughout the city, plus a big football game that takes place today. So if you're preparing a nice Sunday breakfast, chilling on a Sunday morning, preparing for a virtual sunrise service, or maybe you're going to hit the road for an early run, thanks for making us a part of your morning. We'll talk Foundations, when this edition of New York Sports and Beyond returns after this timeout, Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. You know, the First Responders Children's Foundation provides financial support for children who have lost a parent in the line of duty, as well as families enduring significant financial hardship due to tragic circumstances. The First Responders Children's Foundation also supports, promotes, and facilitates educational activities and programs created and operated by first responder organizations whose purpose is to benefit children or the community at large. Join me in saying good morning to actress, writer, and president of the First Responders Children's Foundation, Jillian Crane. Hi, Jillian. How are you this morning?
1: Hello, Larry. I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I know you're, you're going to be real busy today, so I thank you for getting up early and chatting with us for a couple of minutes with the uh, Fun City Bowl happening. So listen, First of all, let's talk a little bit about the foundation before we talk about the Fun City Bowl and, and what's going to happen there. And, and the first responders, uh, Children's Foundation, talk about how it got started and talk about how you got started with it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, the foundation started 20 years ago. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's the 20th commemoration of 9-11 and the foundation started as a response to the 800 children who lost a first responder parent on 9-11. And um, after that, First Responders Children's Foundation was formed and it focused on the young children and helping them with their education, so scholarships for children of first responders who have been killed or wounded in the line of duty. And since then, uh, we have been not only giving out scholarships all over the country, but helping with... um, Financial hardship and um, paying for um, all kinds of uh, first responder family issues, and 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 now being that the twentieth year, and COVID nineteen happened. We we actually um, expanded our definition of a first responder to include nurses, uh, medical personnel, paramedics, EMTs, because they really were on the front lines of the pandemic as well. And so this has a, you know, been a really incredible year of growth and expansion where we've been able to really do a lot for first responders and their families because the children are really our future. And it's been a focus of the foundation from them.
0: You know, it's fascinating, Jillian. I interviewed a doctor a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how now he and his colleagues feel like they are the first responders 20 years ago to nine eleven because of what happened there. So you, he feels the same way as you and the organization are. And I, I love the fact that you're taking care of the children. And as you speak with, you know, the kids and some of the parents who are still surviving, uh, the members they lost in nine 11, how important is this organization to them?
1: I think it's been a lifeline for, for many of them, uh, I mean, some of them were just little babies when 9-11 happened. Some weren't even born yet. And so now we've awarded many scholarships to those children. But then if you think about what's happening with the 9-11 related illnesses, lung disease, and all of these things, we'll have some of our scholarship recipients actually here today at the Fun City Bowl who, whose parent was um, working at Ground Zero and has died recently of, of lung Illness from uh, from 9/11 related illness and we um she is now studying to be a nurse at NYU, so a wow. lot of these children are taking up the mantle of their parents and and uh, going out and you know trying to save the world and I think when you think about really the unsung heroes this last year and a half the EMTs the paramedics ambulance drivers everything everything I heard it was just horrific it was like a 9/11 you know every day when they would go and have 10 15 dead on arrivals in one shift. And it's been extremely difficult for them and their children because of that anxiety level of the parent going out. And, you know, will they come home? Will they be sick? Will they bring COVID-19 home? Many of them lost a family member. So it's a really, um, you know, serious, difficult time. And the foundation's focus has always been the children. And we look at the first responder as a family. So it's the first responder and their family. (laughs) And that Mm -hmm. is how we approach what we do.
0: You know, from a mental standpoint, Jillian, I think that there are some parallels, right? Not that it's exactly the same, but there are some parallels into how we feel, how how we feared what was happening in our safety in nine eleven and how we feared that during this past year with the COVID nineteen pandemic. So there's there's some similarities, yes?
1: You know, absolutely. We all felt that kind of anxiety and also the unknown, like what is this thing and what's it going to do and how is this all of a sudden killing people and are we safe and are we supposed to do this or do that? And I think these people just ran into danger. They just, they just said, okay, there's a problem. There's a pandemic. We're going to, we're going to now be out of the front line and that will include, you know, the fire, the police, the, the nurses, the medical personnel, the ER staff, the ambulance drivers, um, and I actually think because of what you just said, to your point, we decided to launch a mental health initiative. So last year during COVID, we ended up giving out many uh, COVID-19 financial hardship grants. And a lot of that was around mental health for children. Um, we helped to set up a suicide hotline. We helped um, Friends of Firefighters and other organizations that have mental health programs that needed funding. And in fact, two weeks ago, we just announced that we are going to give another 100000 toward three mental health uh, programs around the country for this exact reason, because, you know, everyone's suffering, but these people really, uh, not only for the the anniversary of 9-11, but then on top of it all, the COVID, you know, trauma that they just went through. So we really believe that there is a mental health crisis. There was one before, and now we really need to take it seriously and do what we can.
0: No question about that. You're listening to the voice of Jillian Crane. She's president of the First Responders Children's Foundation. This is New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. All right, Jillian, let's talk about it. It happens today. It's the big event. Tell me about it.
1: (laughs) Well, we're really excited. This is the first time we've hosted the Fun City Bowl. Uh, we didn't know whether it was even going to happen. We we talked about it the last summer. We were thinking about what can we do? What are we going to, can we get, can we do something fun and bring everybody back and make a day that feels like exciting and welcoming and and also really honoring and saluting the heroes that have really kept us safe for, you know, a very long time now. And so we, we have a great day. We have a tailgating party. We have three barbecue and refreshments. Nice. there's a rock climbing wall for kids <laughs> we've got a, a, a football clinic which by the way I have the little fantasy about catching a football on a field so I'm going to see if I can get someone to throw a football <laughs> to me today don't hold me to it but I'm going to work on it <laughs> we have uh, marching bands we're going to have a balloon drop we are going to have a 9-11 commemoration with children singing uh, with the NYPD chorus uh, it's going to be a really um, meaningful day but a really fun day and that was the whole point of of us hosting, you know, how can we make this a special time? New Jersey, as of today, has lifted restrictions, I believe, or as actually of, of, of the fourth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we are able to sell more tickets. So if you're not here already, you need to be coming on. Get in your car and come on out. We still have tickets, and we'd love to have you here with us.
0: Sounds good. And now it's the FDNY versus the NYPD football game, and Jillian, you know, uh, they work together. But something happens when you get on the field of play, you know? There's something that there's a little rivalry action that starts to come up. You know, we're better than them. They can't handle us. You know, all this all this stuff that goes on between the two groups.
1: <laughs> it's a very, it's a, what is it, a healthy competition? Is that mm-hmm. what Commissioner Shade said the other day? It's a healthy competition, but I'm sure we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was very funny. And it's the NYPD, the Port Authority Police, with the NYPD and the FD and against the FDNY, so I'm sure it's going to be very exciting. And I'm I'm totally unbiased. I, I think everyone's a winner today, especially the first responders and yeah. especially their families mm. who support them and love them. Um, you know, something I didn't know when I when I started at this foundation is that almost 70 percent of our firefighters around the country, which would include the EMTs and paramedics, are volunteer. Mm-hmm. There are so many volunteers. So when COVID-19 happened and people lost their jobs, they really didn't have a financial, you know, they had no net, a safety net. And so the foundation, because of supporters all over this country, you know, a dollar, a million dollars, five dollars, whatever it was, because of all of the support we got from our partners and individuals, we were really able to make the difference for so many people. And, um, and so that, that is one thing that makes this job really um, gratifying.
0: Yeah, I, I know. And today, the big thing, as you mentioned, is it's about the kids and what they bring to the table. But for the first responders who are in this game, it's kind of sense of relief, right? It's kind of a day off where they can think not about saving somebody's life or making sure they get them to the hospital in time or protecting us and serving us as they do. It's really about, let me take a breath and just have some fun. And that for the mental health and stress of folks who are always under pressure, Right. Has got to be like a godsend today.
1: Oh, my God, that is such a great point. And you are so right. And you can feel it in the air. There's an energy. People are so excited to see each other. It's a mental. I think you're absolutely right. This is for, for your own mental health, right? For mental wellness. We need to be together. We need to be outside. We need to be active. The kids do. But so do these pe- these parents who've been very stressed and um, have had a deal- had to deal with a lot of loss and a lot of anxiety and I think um, I think you're absolutely right. And we hope today will really will be fun for everyone. And um, we hope it'll be a tradition for the foundation going forward.
0: And it is going to be nice to see a, a football stadium filled, right? Uh, today, because of the COVID 19 situation last year, the pandemic, the Jets and Giants played in front of no fans. So to have fans in the stands of the football game, that really adds to it. So, uh, Jillian, before we move on, let's tell us how we can get tickets if we're if we're going today. And, uh, you know, how how can we get tickets?
1: Oh, great. Thank you for asking. Well, first of all, you can come to the MetLife Stadium. Free parking. There's never free parking. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, Jillian. Hold (laughs) it, Jillian.
0: Hold (laughs) it, Jillian. Jillian. Hold it, hold it, hold hold, it. You must be pretty important if you were able to get free parking at MetLife Stadium. <laughs> You're pretty right, I impressive. Know. I
1: twisted some arms. I twisted, I twisted some arms.
0: <laughs> you broke we some backs. We have a
1: great executive director. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> how could they say no, right?
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, well, so right, just for free parking, you can't afford to stay home, right? <laughs>
0: so, that's, I mean, that's you for just sure. want to
1: sit in a parking lot and hang out with some fun people and do some rock climbing with your kids, you got to come. Uh, so you can go to Fun City dot com, ww.funcity. Oh, wait, is it yes, funcity dot Forgive me. It's www.funcitybowl.com right now and get tickets or just drive to the MetLife Stadium and we have people at the will call who will sell you a ticket um for $25 and you can just go into the stadium. We will not be even though the the restrictions have been lifted, we won't certainly not be anywhere near capacity, but we we could certainly add a few more thousand people and be be very safely in this massive place together. So mm-hmm. we're we're we would love to have anyone come who would like to be here.
0: And that's com, or you can drive up to the will call and get your tickets later today.
1: Absolutely. Are you coming? <laughs>
0: I'm going to make an attempt. Yes, I'm going to make an attempt. I definitely am. When New York Sports and Beyond returns, the power of play, what is that? And how will it help your children? We are 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with Jillian Crane, president of the First Responders Children's Foundation. Let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with this as well, with the different things that the First Responders Children's Foundation are doing. And this is the power of play. So I want you to tell my audience about that, because I'm looking at five boroughs of New York City. I'm looking at activities. I'm looking at basketball courts. I'm looking at a, a major endeavor that you guys are, 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 are undertaking here.
1: Yes, the power of play. This really came about as an extension of the Toy Express that we had this year. The foundation normally has a an anniversary event at the um, uh, Bryant Park Grill for the Macy's Day Parade. And we invite children of first responders and their families for a VIP viewing of the parade and, you know, lunch or breakfast and all these things. And since we realized that couldn't happen, we thought, well, how do we bring a little bit of joy over the holiday? And thankfully, our partner's. Uh, Toy Partners, Toys for Tots, Mattel, American Girl, TQL, all of these people came together, Hess Trucks, and gave us a a lot of toys. And we were able to then ship them out all over the country to first responder agencies and hospitals. And then they went out into their communities and brought a little joy and and, and happiness for the holiday. And so we decided when we heard that the city, the NYPD, um, Public Safety, and the city of New York were going to spend money in the NYCHA housing areas in the parks in Harlem, Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn, in places that really haven't been, um, you know, kept up as they, as they might, in neighborhoods that really need a little more support, that they were going to put 15 new basketball courts in, in all of the public housing, that they were going to uh, renovate soccer fields and open gymnasiums on Saturday night so that kids will have a safe and fun place to go over the summer and to get kids, as you just said, out from you know from their house and out from behind their computers and, and outside for their own health and well being. We just decided, well how can we how can we help this? How can we support community, you know, efforts? How can we support the police to go out into their communities and bring a positive experience and so that the relationship they have with their community is a positive one. And we just thought, well, why not bring our toys? <laughs> so wow. we're bringing um, equipment. Uh, we're bringing a football. A foot, no, sorry, not footballs, yeah, but soccer balls and basketballs and hula hoops and all kinds of uh, gifts for, for young kids, kids from zero to 18 years old. And we really feel strongly that helping agencies and the mission of, um, you know, bringing police to their community and public safety into their community for these positive relationships was something that I thought this foundation should step up and do. And so we're partnering with a, an amazing the NYPD and, and, um, and the New York police uh, foundation and uh, many others to, to bring a lot of joy to children all, all throughout the summer.
0: You know, Julian all jokes aside, um, that is so important in, in, in what you're talking about is, and it, it should not be just, dismissed the the interaction of police in their communities. Because it's, sometimes it's about discussion. Sometimes it's about comfort. Sometimes it's about uh, just knowing and being comfortable in your surroundings. And uh, the tension that has been well-documented across this country, especially during the pandemic over the last year, uh, I think communication helps alleviate that. So if you've got a policeman who you see regularly in the community and feel that you can trust and build trust and have conversations and stuff with, and you're not going to change everybody, but if you can change a couple of people, right, that opens up and saves so many opportunities and and avert some, so many catastrophes that we've seen over the years.
1: It really does. And seeing these kids um, the day before yesterday up at the um, Frederick Douglass house housing uh, area, the, the little kids were just, so happy they had toys. The, the, the officers were playing. Um, I think it's about healing. I think it's mm. just about this idea of healing and hope and and knowing that yes, when you see this officer, you saw them yesterday on the basketball court. You spoke with them. They know who you are. Um, and I, I can't say how grat- just in gratifying and incredible it is, and what an amazing job that the NYPD is doing to to make this happen in the city. They're just they're going out of their way to make this happen, and I'm. I'm Delighted to be a part of it. And the foundation is very excited to bring the toys. We're getting more toys. We're doing a semi of toys coming next week. (laughs) So we'll be able to be at all of these activations.
0: Now, Jillian, and my guest is Jillian Crane, president of the First Responders Children's Foundation. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 987 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Jillian, here's the question for you. And it's a question that has been a challenge. And I've talked to a lot of folks over this year. Uh, There's always challenges in trying to raise money to do things that you want done in nonprofit organizations, right? That, that's always the utmost challenge. Then you break down in this scenario, in a COVID-19 pandemic, where everybody's cutting back, even some of your biggest contributors may not be able to contribute what they have in the past. How were you able, and the organization able, to maintain and, in some cases, increase what you wanted to do for the kids in the foundation under this, uh, under this, uh, situation.
1: That is a really excellent question. And We were, we have always exactly right. Every non-for-profit has this issue. I think what happened is, well, um, I was on the board for many years and a, few, a couple of years ago. Now, now I guess it'd be three. Um, I was, Made president of the foundation, which is a volunteer position. I didn't realize how much work it was going to be, by the way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> come on, what's going on? But um, no, it's been great, actually. But uh, here's what happened: we decided that, as we did um, from nine eleven, we looked and said, what, "What do these children need?" Well, at that time, it seemed like these kids might need help with their education. Right, they were going to get be older and perhaps not be able to afford it, and all the loss that they had experienced. So we looked at the situation, and once COVID happened. We, we realized that we can't just focus on scholarships and these other things now because um, no one really cares at this point. It's sort of a life and death, death experience, and we need to step up. So we, we decided, even though we didn't really have the money to do it, um, that we would – we would put money aside to start a COVID-19 financial hardship grant for first responders. And we right. put out a press release and we just hoped for the best. We, they Really, people said, well, wait a minute, we can't even afford to give as many scholarships. How are we going to do this? This isn't really exactly our mission. How we?" But we decided as a foundation to do what is needed in the moment and stay relevant, which means we just had to pivot a little bit. And go a little bit uh, uh, askew, away from the education part, and put our money somewhere else. And we did that with one of our partners, um, CSX, which which is a great supporter. And they went along with us. And so we put money aside. We put out the press release. And you know this was a fluke, but I think because we pivoted, the Fox Entertainment Living Room Concert for America with Elton John—I don't know if you remember—that was the first like Zoom concert mm-hmm. yep. where you saw you know all these people like Billie Eilish and 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 Alicia Alicia Keys in their houses, you know, playing the piano and and raising money, and they selected the First Responders Children's Foundation as a charity partner, and that really put us out there as someone who immediately responded, and because of our 20-year history, people trusted that we were going to do the right thing and put the money you know, in the right places. And because we had all of these relationships around the country with firehouses and fire commissioners and um, sheriff's associations, and then it became hospitals and all these things that we were then able to raise a lot of money and then get a lot of money out. I think we got 9,500 9, individual COVID-19 financial hardship grants out. Um, we sadly paid for 238 funerals. Um, we also had a PPE program, so we were able to get masks in and out in places like you know North Little Rock and you know uh, Kentucky and places that really didn't have the proper PPE for a very long time. And we were able to, to get things because of our network out where they needed to go. And the more that we proved that we could do it and the more that people saw what we were doing, the more companies came to us and said, what can we do to help? Individuals did too, and we were able to to continue to grow over this past year, and that's our hope. That's, I think, one of the reasons we were able to do the Fun City Bowl, because we thought, well, okay, we can put a little bit, you know, we can we can afford to grow something big that's a celebratory salute to the first responders, and use it as also a, a, a fundraiser, and know that, um, that we will, you know, we'll still be in business on the next day.
0: You know, Jillian, my dad told me many years ago that your reputation is all you have. And part of what you're saying is the effect of the reputation of the First Responders Children's Foundation, plus the fact that you have been cited by all the folks who really govern the legitimacy and how effective your donated monies go to what the organization says it goes to. The fact that you have that out there really speaks volumes as to why you've had the success you've had over these uh, two decades.
1: I think it was very important to the founder, who is um, Al Khan. He started this. He has an incredible amount of integrity. Always wants to do the right thing. Has passed that along to everybody who is involved in the foundation. We say what we're going to. We do what we say we're going to do. We follow through. And 98% of the money that we raise goes out into our programming and into all of the all of the events that we have and into helping first responders and their children because we believe these are the real superheroes out there and we need to support them so they can go out every day and know that someone has their back. Someone has a, someone has an eye on their children. So we're determined to do that. And we're lucky that we've had such great partners uh, along the way. And I'm you know, really honored to serve in this position and uh, keep things moving because every day there's something else that is heartbreaking and we, and we need to be able to step up and deal with it. So, I will say to any of your listeners, if you, you know, if you want to say thank you to a first responder from and anything that you've experienced in your community this last year, we we accept donations at firstrcf.org. dot um, org. Come join us. Come join our mission. It will mean everything to the first responder community near you.
0: Yeah, I, and I was touched by the fact that you talked about how you have funds to bury first responders for funerals as well, and. Obviously, in this COVID-19 pandemic, that elevated, you know, obviously, thank God, not to the uh, not to the level that it did for 9/11, but certainly, uh, there were first responders that lost their lives on the front lines here. So, uh, you know, it's it's. I, I think as we go through it, we don't realize all the different things that happen that are associated. We tend to Jillian look at ourselves, and we understand that, but you know, while we're going through it, we don't realize the bigger uh, picture. And that's a major statement that you guys are even stretching your funds to do that as well.
1: Thank you very much. No, it's, it's really, it's been, you know, there've been some very heartbreaking moments and there still are, you know, it's not over. The pandemic Mm. looks like it's maybe subsiding, but the um, after effects are not. um, And the trauma is not. And, you know, I, I would love to say, let's not just highlight our first responder community when there's a terrorist attack or a pandemic or earthquake Mm -hmm. or fight the fire, the wildfires. Um, We actually ended up going out to San Jose to help a um, volunteer firehouse in the middle of this whole thing as well. So we we were everywhere, but we, we, we want want to highlight them all the time. You know, 365 days a week, excuse me, 365 days a year, these people um, are on the front lines. When you call 911, they come and, um, they don't ask like they don't ask uh, uh, what sex you are, what political party you're from, you know, any, any information about you. They just run into danger for all of us. And I think we, we owe it to them to say, OK, we're not going to just wait for a terrible thing to happen. We're going to support you all year round.
0: Coming up, how did actress writer Jillian Crane get involved with this organization? We'll tell you next. This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude our chat with the president of the First Responders Children's Foundation, Jillian Crane. Now, Jillian, uh, you got to be honest with me. You're a busy lady. I mean, you know, we've seen you on the screen. We know how talented you are. You're a writer. You do all these things. And I'm sure people have and organizations have approached you about being involved, about being a spokesperson or being involved or using your name. What was it about the First Responders Children's Foundation that you said, you know, this is the one I'm going to put my name behind?
1: Uh, well, that's very kind of you to say that. Um, I would. I, I. I really came to it as a as a board member. I thought the mission was important, and I. I guess I. I thought the mission could be expanded in a way, even at the time I. I started to to. I joined the board, and I. I wanted to bring more women to. You know, mm-hmm. when you think about first responders, law enforcement, fire, it's. It has been in the past fairly really male dominated. And I, I like the idea of being able to put a spotlight more on women and on diversity and all the other things that were happening. And I thought maybe I could make that change and, and begin to bring that to the foundation. And, and, uh, and, and, and of course that's, that's really what's, what's happened. Um, I just, I think that it's the more I got to know the people involved and the more I see how there's a certain kind of person that becomes um, a first responder. They seem just, I don't know what it is. They're like selfless in a way or or determined in a way that I've just never seen anything like in other areas of, you know, business and work. And I was moved by it. And I just thought, well, if I can do something to support it, I will. And it's turned out to be an incredible opportunity for me personally, just to be a part of something that makes a difference.
0: Are you starting to see, um, and you mentioned diversity and obviously in your field, film and TV and whatnot. Fellow sag after member. Uh, do you are you starting to see that spread a little bit more in Hollywood in front of the camera and behind the camera? Are you starting to see that where it's now being a concerted effort to make sure that we're doing the right thing?
1: It's definitely more than ever. Does it have a way to go? Do, is there still work to do? Yes, but there is no question that you know when you go to pitch something or you want to talk about a story, People are asking, you know, you know, what what's you know what's it about? If, if you don't have something that is um, that is diverse, that is that expands the range of what we've always seen on TV and film, they're just not as interested in some, in some ways. And, and I think um, it's going to even go further in that direction. And um, and in the first responder community too, you know, we honored the first um, uh, uh, female Asian firefighter some years ago at our mm. um, Thanksgiving breakfast. And it was so great to see that. That was the first time that the foundation had done that. And, and, um, and to hear the stories of what it was like to be a female firefighter coming in (laughs) to the FDNY and how far they've come. And in, in, in all regard, in all respects, when you you look at the NYPD, there's, it's just, it's a much more diverse and also many more women. I think it's happening all over the country and it's very exciting. I'm from Minneapolis originally. So, um, um i by the way that's why i was i was gonna say i do like the vikings if we're talking about football it's okay We're <laughs> gonna do a football conversation it's all right we, we, <laughs> don't ask me don't ask me any details now i'm like back in the like ahmad rashad days okay so okay. okay all right
0: listen you, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good time uh, to be been a viking fan
1: yeah, exactly um but anyway i i, I am i am I'm happy to see there's, you know, way more, uh, there's a more inclusion, diversity women going into this, these fields. And it's really, it's great. It's great to see.
0: And I'm sure as you have the conversations with some of the young people in the foundation, you're noticing that the young ladies are seeing this and it, it just gives them an opportunity of seeing somebody that looks like them to know that, you know what, I can be in that position one day too. So that, that's really important as well.
1: You're right, You're totally right. Because if you don't see it, you don't really know what's possible. I mean, you, you know, you look to see yourself and and have a mentor, see someone that motivates you, inspires you, and then you you. That's how we that's how we learn, and I think that it's great. And I I, um, and even just being a woman in this, you know, in the foundation and around first responders, it's it's um it's it's interesting. It's great to see more female involvement, and not to say, I mean, I mean, we've come so long. I mean far far from where where the first responders were years and years ago, but I think it's really it's really great now since you the
0: little kids since you've been with the foundation, Jillian, what are some of the changes you've noticed uh, in 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 how things are done or the or the needs of the children in the foundation as we move forward?
1: I think you know the the children who who apply for Scholarships. Um, well, they're just—they're so smart. I mean, they're just—they mm. seem like so much smarter than I was. That's number one. <laughs> I mean, so impressed. You know, it's like, wait, you're going to Fordham? You want to be an engineer? You want to help solve this problem or that problem? You—they're so well spoken. They're so confident. Um, you know, we we gave our scholarships this year via. Webex, you know, because we couldn't really, we wanted to see them and and see their face and we we, we gave the reward, awarded them the scholarship and to hear what they're studying and hear whether it be because their parent um, died of an illness that they now want to figure out how they can, um, you know, solve that problem or they want to become a firefighter or they want to go into being some kind of a, a public defender or whatever it is they seem so moved and um, mature and kind of know where they're going. I and mean, I think this new generation of, of children, they're going to save the world. They are committed. They are smart and they're ambitious. And I'm really, I was very um, moved talking to all of them because they have a sense of responsibility for their themselves, their family, and their community. I think in a way that a lot of, certainly I don't feel like I did
0: when I was their age. <laughs> yeah. It, it's <laughs> it, it, it's a different time, Jillian. And what is so interesting and the other part about when we were talking about the power of play and obviously uh, the football game later today, which we'll talk about again in a minute, is the fact that studies have shown that because of a different time, our kids are, as you mentioned earlier, we're sitting, they're sitting behind the video games. They're, they're indoors. They're not out. And the times of, of, and it's causing medical issues. Obesity is at an all-time high. And so, you know, and then as parents, you're torn because you want your child to be outside, but you're concerned about their safety. So what you guys are doing, which is important as we talk about the power of play and, and all the different other organizations, all the different the playgrounds you guys are going to be doing up until uh, next month is the fact that you're providing that. And so now as a parent, you can say, all right, I can have my kid out there. I can go with them. They'll be safe in this, in this atmosphere. And once again, as we talked earlier, Jillian, it's about interaction. Some kids may not have known about the other kids. So they get to talk and they get to be friends. And now you have a, a whole different scenario where, uh, you know, it might have been negative. It turns out to be positive, all because of what the uh, First Responders Children's Foundation is doing.
1: Well, I agree that it's so important to get children out for their their mental well being, their their wellness, their sense of, I and mean, they're they're alone, they're isolated. You're absolutely right. They've been sitting behind a computer. They've been scared to death. They're you know, they're having like you know PTSD, and they're 14. You know, and yeah. um. I think getting them outside to be together is really great. I love this program Um, and the power of play. I'm glad you're talking about it because, you know, seeing the commitment of of the NYPD and um, the DEA and and, and all of the, the big figures in the city want to go into the community and bring joy and get these kids outside and have a positive experience together. It really, I think it's what's you know, going to bring the city back even faster. And when the kids are outside again and feel safe to be there and to connect with their friends, the city will feel, you know, a little bit like itself again, and I think we'll all have a sigh of relief.
0: There's no question about that. All right, Julian, tell me about the game again today. It's the Fun City Bowl. It takes place at MetLife Stadium. Tell me about it.
1: Yes. Okay. So, and we have, we have a 9-11 commemoration ceremony. We have free food and refreshments. We have someone who's coming with a big barbecue and he's going to make burgers and tuna fillets and all kinds of great food. We have a rock climbing wall. We have a football clinic for kids um, with a marching band. We will have a balloon drop, singing, and then, of course, the game, the game, the game. There will be a winner by the end. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and if the weather's great today, <laughs> I mean,
0: yes, I don't want to talk great. about the
1: winner, but there will be a winner. <laughs> no, um, and the weather's great, and uh, we're so excited to salute first responders, past, present, and future, yeah. and their children, and welcome people out again to have fun in a safe, environment. And so um, thank you so much for covering this, for being with us and uh, supporting what the First Responders Children's Foundation is doing and supporting first responders. It's really a meaningful thing to, to you know, have us on your show.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Jillian, Especially on game day. I mean, look, the football, the pro football <laughs> players don't even talk before the game on game day. So the fact that you're talking to I us. know
1: I got to stretch. <laughs> I, I got to do my lunges just in case I get that some some, some guy some uh, you know NYPD guy you know you might get that call, Jillian. You gotta be ready. Gotta catch it.
0: Gotta be ready. <laughs> Next person exactly. up. Next person I don't up, Jillian. myself. <laughs> so once again you can buy tickets uh online www.funcitybowl.com or you obviously you can buy them at the gate we'll call and if you have any information or any questions or you want to donate to the first responders children's foundation uh here's the website www.first that's one s-t capital r-c-f.org first rcf.org and they have it's a great website if you want to volunteer they have information there all the information you need about the first responders children's foundation jillian it was a pleasure meeting you it was a pleasure chatting with you uh next time you have something going please do not hesitate to let us know we'd love to have you back
1: i would love to this has been a great conversation thank you for making me feel so welcome you asked me you know, fantastic questions. So you made it easy. You said you were going to make it easy, and you did, and it was just delightful. So thank you so much.
0: Jillian, thanks for making me look good. And we'll talk soon. I look soon.
1: forward to meeting you in person. Okay, Sounds take care. Sounds good,
0: definitely. Take care. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, Mr. Ray Santiago, and special thanks to the great Ray Deanahan I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right here, right now on 98.7 ESPN New York.